You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Welcome to A Bigger Life. We're going to look today at Psalm 77, not a real well-known psalm, but it's one of those psalms that is sort of just true to life. It 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 sort of hits that time. You ever have that time? I know I had one recently where you are worried about something, anxious about something, uh, something big, and every time you try to calm yourself down or even pray, uh, it sort of just makes it worse. And so even when you try to pray to God for something, you're just refusing to be comforted. And in some ways, the more you pray, the more God seems farther away. And it doesn't seem to be taking, so to speak. And so this is one of those Psalms that, uh, again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, true to life and true to that situation where it's very real to our experience with God. There are times when we are not being comforted by prayer. It's not working. But there's a perspective in this psalm that I that that helps me in those times. It starts off just sort of that that desperate feeling. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. So that aloud to God is repeated for emphasis. This is one of these times where I'm I'm trying to pray. I'm putting all the effort into it. I'm crying aloud to God. And he will hear me. And then it just sort of starts to go a different direction in verse 2. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. There's a sense in which uh, it's almost like that movie, What About Bob, where he says, I'm doing the work, I'm baby-stepping, I'm trying, I'm praying, but my soul refuses to be comforted. Verse 3, when I remember God, I moan. When I meditate... My spirit faints. And so it's one of these situations where the more I try to pray, the more I try to meditate on your word, the more I try to reach out to you, God, the worse I feel. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that. I was in, like I said, a situation like that a couple of weeks ago. And it was like that. The more I tried to pray, the more I tried to meditate on God's word, the more anxious I got, the more in turmoil I got. And it, I, the, the pattern that this psalm takes is actually the pattern that kind of works for me. I'll get there. Uh, I'll explain it in a minute. But the next verse, verse 4, just exemplifies the problem. It says, you hold my eyelids open. It's a poetic way of saying you're the one that's keeping me from sleeping. I can't sleep. I'm so worried about this. I'm so anxious about this that the more I pray, the more I stay awake. I can't sleep. The next line says, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. So I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I can't, I can't sleep. You keep me awake. I'm so troubled. I don't even know what to say. I can't speak. And he goes on and talks about more and more of that. And then it says in verse nine, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? You ever have that thought process where it's not working and so you start to think, has God stopped listening to me? Is he so angry with me that I've been cut off? I've I've sinned one too many times and now it's over. Now it's beyond repair. 
I can't come back to God. I'm left out. I'm outside trying to get in and God's not letting me in or something like that. You know, in some way, our mind goes through this thought process where we think it's not working because God has rejected me and God's not listening to me. And I'm praying for no good reason. It's not going to work. Well, this psalm is very real to life, and it has that experience. For me, it really resonates with reality. That's one thing I really like about the psalms. They don't try to candy coat anything. They really resonate with the raw reality of this side of the kingdom of God, the thorns and the thistles, the dust that we all have to live in, and the reality of difficulty in sometimes our relationship with God. And the struggles that we go through in our anxiety and our worries and our problems. And sometimes God seems like he's right there. And sometimes we cry aloud to God. We cry aloud to God. We're convinced at the first he's going to hear. But then the more we pray, the more we feel like he's not hearing and it's getting worse. We're getting more and more troubled. We're staying awake. Our soul refuses to be comforted. Uh, The more we pray, the more we moan, the more our spirit faints. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. It's, It's sort of getting worse? Has God forgotten to be gracious to me? Has he in anger somehow shut up his compassion toward me? That's where the psalmist ends up in the middle of the psalm. And then verse 10 takes a turn. One of these turns that's helpful to me when I really think about what he says. He says, then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. At first, it may not seem like that sentence makes sense. But here's, here's, what, here's what he's saying. I can't confirm God's grace and compassion and love and presence by looking right now at my circumstances because it's my circumstances that's causing me so much anxiety, loss of sleep, turning in my bed, and my spirit faints, and I refuse to be comforted. I moan. So it's not in my circumstances where I'm seeing necessarily the work of God. So here's what I'm appealing to, and it's something stronger and it's something better. I'm appealing to the past of the right hand of the Most High. In other words, what God has done by his actions, what God has done by his power, what God has done in the past. So it says in verse 11, I will remember the deeds of Yahweh. I will remember the deeds in the past of the I am of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be comforted by remembering what you have done in the past, what your right hand has accomplished. I will, verse 12, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Here's what I'm going to start pondering. Here's what I'm going to start thinking about. Here's what I'm going to start meditating on when I pray. It's going to be what God has done. So verse 13, your way Oh, God is holy. I'm not going to understand it. It is transcendent. It is righteous, perfect, right, always right, glorious, always better. But I'm not going to see it because you are holy and I'm not. I'm going to have to trust your way is holy and you're doing things that I cannot see. So verse 14, you are the God who works wonders. Verse 15, you with your arm redeemed your people the children of Jacob, which we've looked at in the past as whenever the Bible talks about the children of Abraham, the children of Isaac, the children of Jacob. 
It's talking about all those who will be in Christ, the ultimate child of Jacob, the ultimate child of Abraham, the one through whom all nations on earth would be blessed. So when we are in Christ, we are in the promises to Abraham. We are in the promises to Jacob. We are in that description in the Bible. And so here's here's the thing we have to catch, and and that is when we go through times of doubt that we, 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 we are we're anxious, we're going through worry, we're refusing to be comforted, we don't know what's going to happen and we just can't sleep and we don't feel like God is listening to us. What the psalmist says is here, I'm going to stop trying to find God in my present circumstances and I'm going to appeal to what God has done in the past by delivering the children of Jacob and here in this situation, that Christ hasn't come yet. This is thousands of years before Jesus would be born. And the big act of salvation, the big act of redemption in the Old Testament is the Exodus. God leading the people of Israel through Moses out of slavery and into the sea that God parted and out into the other side in the new land. And that picture is the ultimate Old Testament picture of the redemption that's going to be accomplished by the ultimate right hand of the Most High, and that is Jesus, God who would become human and enter into the waters, enter into the sea, enter into death, lead us through death, break through the other side, by a resurrection on the other side into a renewed creation, a renewed existence. This is the story of the gospel from beginning to the end, ultimately pointing to Christ. So what the psalmist is doing is pointing to that act as evidence of God being good and God being present and God being in, in, our, in his situation. So for us, the true exodus of Christ's death and resurrection is what we would appeal to when we want to remind ourselves, okay, I can trust God. I really can trust he is present. I can trust he is active in my circumstances because Jesus rose from the dead. I can trust what Jesus tells me about God as my father who is intimately acquainted with all my ways, knows the number of hairs on my head. Nothing happens in my life that he is not lovingly involved in. So when I when I doubt God's act and whether or not I can doubt God working in my life and my present, doubt God's love in my life or goodness in my life, I look back to the cross of Jesus. I look back to the resurrection of Jesus as proof. So the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us, for me. Here's how I know God loves me. Here's how God has demonstrated it already in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I know that because Christ has died for me, even when I'm a sinner, I know that his compassion hasn't dried up. I know that I haven't sinned one too many too far. I know that he is committed to bring me in, bring me through the waters, take me to the other side into life take me through death into life. And I know that he is committed to me now because he's already demonstrated his love for me. So I, I, this psalm helps me when I, when I think through what this psalmist is saying. Here's what I'm going to appeal to. I'm not going to be comforted by trying to find signs of God answering my prayers in the present. I'm going to instead put my 
faith in what he has already done in the Exodus, what he has already done by becoming a person in the person of Jesus, teaching what he taught, doing the miracles that he did, dying on the cross for my sins, breaking through the other side of death into resurrection. And he has risen from the dead. And so I can trust him. I can trust his love. I can trust his goodness. I can trust that he is present with me right now, even when I don't feel it. His compassion hasn't dried up. His grace toward me hasn't dried up. It is still very present, still very active. His ways are holy, and he has things going on that I have no idea, but I know that he will either answer my prayer or he will answer the prayer I would have prayed had I known what he knows in his holiness, and I can trust his path for me. I can trust his way for me is good. And once I sort of get to that point, I'm praying to God everything I'm concerned about. I'm unloading on God what I want him to do in my circumstances that cause me worry and cause me anxiety and cause me fear and I can't sleep at night and I'm in turmoil. I'm praying to God and the one thing that I can cling to and that is I can trust him. I can trust his will for me even though I'm not going to always understand it. Once I let go and I can say, not my will but yours be done. Just like Jesus said when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's another way besides the cross, let, let, let's, let, let's do that. But not my will, but yours be done. I pray to God what I want him to do. I may or may not feel any different. I may still be anxious and tossing and turning at night, but that I can say after I pray everything, but God, I trust you because I know you've demonstrated your love for me already by dying on the cross for me, rising from the dead for me, bringing me through the other side. And this new creation that has already begun in the resurrection of Jesus will be mine on a renewed earth. I trust what you've done. I trust in the acts of your right hand. I am going to appeal to what you have already done in your great and mighty works. And so I know you're present with me right now. I know you're going to work in this situation according to what is best for me. And I can trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm anxious, but I'm going to trust you. And when I can get there in my spirit, when I can get there in my prayers, then all of a sudden there's a turn that takes place. And I start to be able to trust more and be able to sleep in comfort, not perfect comfort, but more comforted. Not by trying to find signs in the present, but by appealing to what God has already given as a sign in the past, and that is Jesus. All right, let's take a moment and do this in prayer. Let's, let's come before God like the psalmist does and ultimately put our hope in God and place the foundation of our prayer where the psalmist places his foundation of prayer and confidence. Oh God, I cry aloud to you. I cry aloud to God and he will hear me. I know your word says right here, inspired by your Holy Spirit, and Jesus taught this so many times, that when I pray to you, when I come before you, you will hear me. But then as this psalm says, it seems like you're far away. It seems like your compassion has dried up, that you have forgotten to be gracious, that you are turning away from me in anger, something I've done. Have I sinned too far? Have I gone too many times in the wrong direction and you have given up on me. And yet I appeal to Jesus to say, no, that you haven't, that you've demonstrated your love for me 
and that while I am still a sinner, you died for me. Christ died for me, and that is proof that your compassion hasn't dried up. You haven't turned your grace away from me. That is proof that you have not in anger turned away from me, but that you hear my prayer because I come to you in Jesus' name. I come to you in Jesus, and so you hear my prayer. And yet, God, there are times when I am anxious, and there are times when I fear the future, and there are times when I'm worried about what will happen. And I come to you, and I somehow am not comforted. And even the more I pray, the more I can't sleep. And the more my, I moan and my spirit faints, and I'm so troubled that I, 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 I don't know what to say. And I come before you day, and I come before you at night, and I refuse somehow to find comfort. And yet I still come to you because there's nowhere else to go. You are my creator. You are God of this universe. You are God forever. There is no other place to go. There is no one else in charge. Your ways, O God, are holy. They are perfect. They are right. They are glorious, but they are always transcendent. They are higher than I'll understand. And I know, God, that your ways are for my good. I know this to be true because you have died for me and risen from the dead for me. And so I trust without seeing, and I know your ways are holy, and I will appeal to this of what you have done in the past. I will remember your deeds, O Lord, that you have already come and you have already split the waters for me in the cross of Christ and you have already broken through the other side. You have already risen from the dead. This is what you have done in the past and so I trust you. I fall into your arms because I trust that you have committed yourself to me forever in becoming Jesus. You have demonstrated your love for me. And that while I'm still a sinner, you have died for me. And so I remember what you have done. I remember what your word tells me. I ponder your works and I meditate on your mighty deeds of salvation for me. Your mighty deeds of committing yourself to my good. I meditate that you are holy and that you have satisfied your holiness with Christ on the cross and you give me his righteousness and you give me his life and you are the God who works wonders, have worked wonders in the past and I know because Jesus taught truth, because Jesus rose from the dead, everything he said is true, I can trust him that you are the God right now who is working wonders presently in my life. I can trust you with what is happening in my life. I can trust you every moment. You have every hair on my head numbered right now in the present because you are the I am 100% present with me without being any less anywhere else. You are present with me right now and so I can trust you right now with what I am anxious about. I can trust you right now with what I fear about my future. I can trust you right now with what I'm worried about because you are committed to me. I know it because of what you have done in the past. With your arm, you have redeemed me. You have brought me and bought me out of the thorns and the 
thistles and the dust of exile, and you have broken through the other side, and you have showered me with your mercy, and you have showered me with your love, and you have showered me with the riches of your grace and the riches of your inheritance that you have given me in Christ, and I know that you are committed to me forever. I know that you are forever God. I know that you are my good shepherd. I know that you are right now present in my life, right now. It's not just about the future, but you are presently working in my circumstances right now for my good, even if I don't understand. I pray to you what I want. I have prayed to you what I would like to happen, but I trust your will more than mine. I trust your plan more than mine. I trust. Because you have redeemed and you will redeem my circumstances even now, you will turn for good. All things for good. All things for the better. And I trust you. I rest in you. I rest in your arms. I rest in your grip on my life, your grip on my circumstances. I rest in your unchanging love for me. Your goodness already demonstrated for me. Your promise to me of working out everything according to what's best for me because of your love for me. I trust. I bow my head. I submit. Not my will, but your will be done. Because I can trust you because of Jesus. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.